0: Hi, this is Dr. Marv Rosenberg of the Safaris of Image of a Girl fame, and I'd like to welcome you to the show, The Anatomy of a Hit, where you will learn the inside story of a hit record. Today on The Anatomy of a Hit, we'll be discussing one of the great romantic ballads by Johnny Mathis.
1: You ask how much I need you Must I explain I need you, oh my darling My roses need rain You ask how long I'll love you I'll tell Until the twelfth of never, I'll still be loving you.
0: Yes, it's a song like this one, the twelfth of never, that is the reason why Johnny Mathis became known as the era's reigning king of makeout music. <laughs> The amazing thing is that the 12th of Never is the flip side of the number one record, Chances Are, but became a hit in its own right, reaching number nine on the national charts in 1957. The song was written by Jerry Livingston and Paul Francis Webster. However, the tune, except for the bridge, was adapted from... The riddle song also known as I Gave My Love a Cherry, which is an old English folk song. And if you really listen to this, you'll see how close it is to the verse in the Twelfth of Never. Listen to Carly Simon doing I Gave My Love a Cherry. <laughs>
2: gave my love a story
3: that had
2: no end. I gave my love a baby got no crying. How can there be a cherry that has no stone? How can there be a How can there be a story that has no end? How can there be a baby with no crying?
0: Johnny Mathis disliked everything about this song, maybe except for the middle part, the bridge. He told John Gilliland, for the radio documentary Pop Chronicles quote I didn't like it because it was also repetitious and nothing seemed to happen and I was really Joe College at that time I was right out of college and I was hot to trot I wanted to do something you know rah 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 something earth-shattering unquote there were some covers of the 12th of Never let's hear a few Donny Osmond's version, produced by Mike Kerb and Don Costa, was his second number one single in the United Kingdom in March 1973, and it peaked at number eight here in the United States. Donny was only 15 years old with his version of The Twelfth of Never Listen.
3: I explain i need you o
0: Elvis Presley tried this song, and you will hear him doing it at a rehearsal. Listen.
3: 12th of
1: I need you must I
2: explain I need you
3: oh my darling like roses need rain you ask how long I love you I'll tell Until the 12th of Never,
0: I'll still be loving you. The great group, the Shy Lights from Chicago, they did a very interesting version of the 12th of Never. Listen. Richard recorded 12th of Never, which was released in 1964 and reached number eight in the United Kingdom.
1: You ask how much I need you. Must I explain? I need you. Need rain. You ask how long I love you. I'll tell you true. Until the twelfth
0: of never, I'll still be loving you. Dolly Parton had a version.
3: You ask how much I need you, must I explain?
0: How did johnny get interested in singing well johnny was very close with his father who suggested well he takes singing lessons because they used to sing together all the time here's johnny explaining how his singing teacher had such a big influence on him in a recent interview
4: and then in order to progress a little bit more he asked me if i'd like to take voice lessons and so we looked around San Francisco for someone to, to help me out. And uh, we found a wonderful lady in, uh, in Oakland. Her name was Connie Cox. And Connie taught me for about seven years uh, voice lessons free of charge. I would clean her apartment and run errands for her. And she was the angel. She was the one who guided me and, uh, and said, this is what I think you can do.
0: Later on, Johnny got a manager who was interested in his voice. She was a lady by the name of Helen Noga who guided Johnny's career. I had the honor of meeting Helen Noga and Johnny as well at her house when Helen contacted me for a meeting with my group the Safaris. She was interested in making the Safaris into a folk group, but contractually it was not possible. For the contract we were under. Johnny landed a job singing weekends at a club called Anne D's 440 Club. After repeated attempts, his manager, Helenoga convinced George Avakian, then head of jazz artisan repertoire at Columbia, to see him. Avakian came to the club, heard Johnny sing, and was so overwhelmed. <laughs> And amazed, he sent the now famous telegram to Columbia Records. It said, quote, have found phenomenal 19-year-old boy who could go all the way. Send blank contracts, unquote. Johnny was a great athlete as a high jumper at San Francisco State and was invited to the Olympic Trials. With the opportunity with Columbia Records, Johnny had to make a choice between his athletic opportunities or music. One of the determining factors is not really well known by the public. Here's Johnny on an interview explaining how he actually made this decision.
2: That's, that is amazing. I mean, you, had to, you had to choose between going to the Olympics or starting a record career. How did you make that decision?
4: Well, I'll tell you, John, it, it, was, it wasn't that difficult. First of all, uh, most athletes, uh, especially world-class athletes, because uh, you're required to do it so often, what you do, you're always playing with pain, or you're always participating in your sport, and something always hurts. Mm -hmm. You're never really fit. And uh, as with me, I had a a, a bad back as as a high jumper. That's the worst thing in the world to have. So I was looking for any excuse to, to not have that pain while I, was, uh, while I was high jumping. So along came Columbia Records and during the same week that I was to go to the Olympic trials and said, yeah, we'd like for you to come to New York and make your, your first record. So the back pain went out of the window, New York beckoned and uh, the rest is, uh, is a lot of, lot of very good luck and a lot of happy times.
0: When Johnny joined Columbia, they wanted to make him into a jazz singer. They put out an album of Johnny singing jazz songs, but it did not sell very well. Columbia then turned his career over to Mitch Miller, who listened to Johnny. He liked his voice, but didn't like the material he was singing. Here's Johnny explaining how that meeting with Mitch went, and also the fact that Mitch Miller did not pick the songs for Johnny that would become hits. Johnny explains this in an interview. Listen.
4: He thought that my voice was okay, he says, but you're singing all the wrong songs because we uh, are a company and uh, we've invested our money in you and we want you to be successful and you won't be successful singing jazz because there's no money in it. People don't pay to go see jazz. And, and, and all these things that everybody you know, mm-hmm. eventually told me. Uh, and he, uh, uh, gave me a, he gave me a stack of records about like this and said, pick out four or five songs, and we'll go in and record them. And I did. And I picked out It's Not For Me To Say, When Sunny Gets Blue, wow. um, a couple of more. uh, But you picked those out. I assume he picked those out for you. No.
0: Now, of the four songs Johnny chose to record, one of them turned out to be his first hit recording. Let's hear it. It's not for me to say.
1: It's not for me to say You love me It's not for me to say You'll always care Oh, but here for the moment I I can hold you fast And press your lips to mine And dream that love will last
3: Remember then
0: Radio.com All radio Music that makes you feel good Earlier, I mentioned that Chances Are, which was a song written by Robert Allen and Al Stillman, was Johnny Mathis' first number one single. They really put Johnny on the map.
1: Chances are, cause I went silly grin, the moment you come into view, chances are you think that I'm in love with you.
0: This was recorded at Columbia's 30th Street Studio in New York City, and Ray Conniff is credited as a ranger. But the song's composer, Robert Allen, was in charge of the basic piano arrangement. There were several covers of Chances Are as well. Let's hear a few. The Dixie Cups, who had that big hit, Chapel of Love, they did a version.
3: Chances are Cause I wear a silly grin to view. Chances are you think that I'm in love with you. Just
0: be- Ruby and the Romantics of Our Day Will Come did a rendition.
3: Chances are you think that I'm in love with you.
0: The Times, who had that big hit, So Much In Love, they recorded it.
1: Chances are, cause I wear a silly grin, the moment you come into view,
3: chances
1: are you think that I'm in love with you.
0: McGuire's sisters also did a version. Johnny was very close with his parents and wanted to share his fame with them. So here is how Johnny got them involved, as he explains in an interview.
4: The thing that that was that I did sort of inadvertently <clears throat> was uh, I wanted to include them in my in my my life a little bit more. So I uh, um, I made my mom and my dad my. Uh, uh, fan club presidents. So they would get all this mail from all over the world and sit down uh, into the wee hours of the morning writing in longhand these replies to all these people in you know far off lands and what have you. I was 19 um, and I always wanted to include. They were very inclusive uh, to all of their children. Were, there was no mystery about what they did or, or, or about The family, there was no discord. We were all just kind of uh, uh, people who got along together a lot. And uh, I think it's helped me a great deal in my life.
0: Besides his singles, Johnny's greatest hits, that great album, went on to become one of the most popular albums of all times and spent an unprecedented 490 continuous weeks, that's almost 10 years, on the Billboard Top Albums chart. This record has been noted in the Guinness Book of Records. In the 1980s, Johnny did come out about his sexual preference as a gay man. Here's an excerpt from a radio interview with Johnny discussing this subject. In
4: 1982, if this was a famous, you told Us Magazine, this was the quote, Homosexuality is a way of life that I've grown accustomed to. That's a big, brave statement that you made. How, what brought you to just talk about who you are? I'm a kid at heart. That's, and, you know, if they don't like it, then you do something else. Or you go somewhere else. Right. Um, yeah, that, that was a revelation for me. I come from San Francisco. It's, uh, it's not uh, unusual no. to be gay in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Amazingly, Johnny Mathis had a hit record in each of four decades. Even in June 1978, he recorded a duet with Denise Williams, which became a number one record. Let's hear it. Too much, too little, too late.
1: Yes, it's over. Call it a day. Sorry that it had to end this way. No reason to pretend we knew it had to end someday. This way. Again
3: with you. We're in the middle of ending something that we do. Over. Oh, it was over.
0: In spite of a very busy tour schedule and many charity events, Johnny still finds time to enjoy, oh, a few of his favorite activities. He was an avid tennis player until the late 1960s when a good friend turned him on to his now lifelong love of golf. He plays golf almost every day when he's not traveling. Johnny's other favorite avocation is cooking. He's a gourmet cook who cooks for himself and often others when he's home. His mother taught him at an early age how to cook up a storm and he did it well johnny mathis has sold well over 350 million records worldwide unbelievable and most impressive of all is his 2003 lifetime achievement award by the academy of recording arts and sciences we weren't kidding when we said johnny mathis was the king of make-out music being one of the greatest ballad singers of all times Let's hear just a few of his many wonderful recordings outside of the ones we discussed today that you heard, and I hope you enjoyed it.
1: A certain smile, a certain face and lead an unsuspecting heart on a merry
3: chase.
1: Sometimes we walk hand in hand by the sea, and we you're a thrill be- Let me say you do, let me fly away with you, for my love is like the wind and wild is the wind. and then I felt so wonderful so very wonderful let's do it over again I And
0: This is Dr. Marv Rosenberg of the Safaris. I hope you enjoyed today's program of the Anatomy of a Hit. Please join me next time.
3: Goodbye, everybody.